0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dewpoint Report, the Digital Electronic World Point Report, focusing on the duality between our digital presence and our tactile presence, the way that we balance living in the world, interacting with people, and then interacting in our digital everyday experience. In today's episode, we'll be talking about post-traumatic stress syndrome, also known as post-traumatic stress disorder. It's prevalent in many ways and can manifest itself in many ways as well. And also can be confusing to a lot of people. And it's very important to discuss. A lot of people don't actually wanna talk about it because it's so confusing. And a lot of people want to talk about it for the very reason that it is confusing. And they're often looking for a solution to try to not have it be such a weight on one's shoulders. So that's what we'll be discussing today. And when we return, I'll tell you why it's so important. But before we do go to break, I wanna tell you that I'm actually gonna invite you into what will be a a session of therapy interesting i know hilarious i mean it's not hilarious haha ha, hilarious it's knee slapping hilarious like so funny i forgot to laugh knee slapper kind of thing and i'll explain why i'm going to invite you into this session without you actually being in the session i'll tell you that there will be a therapy session today i know it's odd but it's true these things happen And predominantly we'll be discussing, this lady and I, what led to all this stress and why it actually is post-traumatic stress. But it isn't post-traumatic stress in the way that people would normally think of post-traumatic stress because there actually are different degrees and different levels of post-traumatic stress and they show themselves in different ways. And people confuse them, even doctors. So let's be realistic about this conversation, shall we? When we return. And welcome back. I know that I mentioned that I was going to invite you into this therapy session, but I do want to clarify that I'm not going to break the protocols that are necessary for protecting the responsibilities of both the therapist and myself as a patient. And so I will be discussing the therapy session without actually you being in the therapy session as a matter of protecting the therapy session itself. But it is important because of the subject matter and how relevant it is in today's world, just as much as for how many things have to be resolved as a matter of clarifying so much about the subject matter of post traumatic stress. Post traumatic stress disorder is more than just an acronym a concept, an idea. It's something that people live with. And when people say show your scars to your person, those are not the kind that are uh, visible to the outside world. And so it's really important to be cognizant of what people go through. Be right back. Hello and welcome back to another segment within an episode of the Dewpoint Point Report, the Digital Electronic World Point Report. We're focusing on our digital presence within the existence that we have that juxtaposes our existence that is tactile our interactions that are human, within the world that also has digital presence. Now, recently in a different segment of this episode that focuses on the subject of post-traumatic stress disorder, often also referred to as post-traumatic stress (coughs) syndrome, I told you that I would walk you through a recent... Session, as it's referred to, with a therapist. I know, I know, you're wondering. Did I forget that I was supposed to talk about this recently? No, I didn't. I actually wanted to give it some time to process and think of what exactly would be referred to from that particular session that wouldn't really divulge too much detail so that you wouldn't be. Oh so bored about all the details of a session and yet walk you through the session without actually walking you through the session. I know interesting, huh? Well to begin, this is how it began. With an interesting question of had I ever been to therapy? And the answer to that, it really was more of, have you been to therapy since you've been to therapy? Really kind of the way I often pose the duality of dualities. And to those that say there is no such duality, there's your answer when someone says, have you been to therapy since you've been to therapy? And... Anyone who has ever experienced any level of post-traumatic stress disorder does really understand the concept that uh, the, the trauma of the stress within the stress of the disorder of the trauma has a lot to do with the fact of its own repetition. You think that it's going to end at some point, that it really should just be more of a level of anxiety and people who have anxiety disorder, a level of anxiety, really see post-traumatic stress disorder in others and think it's anxiety because their level of anxiety is resolvable. And so they think, oh, that's easy. It's just anxiety and they should just get over it. Well, the truth of the matter is post-traumatic stress disorder is more like groundhog day because it's so repetitious inside the mind and it's almost like seeing it over and over again the imagery of what happened any level of trauma truly and that is what makes it so unique to the individual who experienced that particular trauma now Why is it so difficult to understand for someone who hasn't been through trauma? Well, here's the answer. It isn't as simple an answer as one would imagine because no two people have actually been through the exact same trauma. Even though they might be in a similar circumstance, they don't actually experience the exact same trauma because they are not the exact same person, even twins. Because even twins have their own experiences. Now, until we get generations forward where there is truly an entire generation that has experienced what we now theorize and have begun to really think more seriously about this concept of the CRISPR technologies, the splicing of genes, which right now is really Uh, in motion with some little bit of depth to it, but it really isn't to the level that we might think that it is. And so, again, back to the point that I'm making about post-traumatic stress disorder. Because of the repetition that it entails, and I'll give you an example in a moment, it really isn't experienced in the same way by any two people because no two people go through the exact same experience. And this is how. For me in particular, and I've been through several traumas, so I'll pick one, for example, to give you as an example. On one particular day, the Earth had a seismic event. During that seismic event, I happened to be inside the home that i lived in at the time and so were others there were myself my mother a sister a niece and a nephew inside the home and we were not the only people we actually we weren't all the people that lived in that home there were other people that lived in the home but they were in other places at the time and my sister that particular sister and her children that were in the home were there just helping prepare the dinner for that night and were going to participate in dinner. There were there was another sister that happened to live in the home at that particular time, though it was a family home. And so the point that I'm making is on that particular day, the seismic event that occurred was such a, of a strength of magnitude that the home fell. and. We were in the home at that particular moment. We were all in different parts of the house because we were in different parts of the house. For neither of us, the experience was the same. For neither of us, when we describe the event, is it describable in the same way? Every time you ask us what happened on that day, the story is different. Because we describe it exactly as we see it in our mind, exactly as the memory is, and it's different. And so when people tell it back to us as, oh, so-and-so said this is what happened to them. That's the perspective as it is for each of us. And that is our unique experience. So I can tell you when I have spoken about my particular experience on that day. It was seismic, yes, earth-shattering, earth-moving, and that's not an exaggeration. (laughs) It literally moved the earth. But also, because that was truly a traumatic event, the house literally fell. That doesn't happen very often. I can talk about it now in a way where it almost sounds trivial, and it certainly is not. It certainly is not, and do not get me wrong. I am not joking about it but the reason that I'm bringing it up is when traumatic events like this happen, not a lot of people have the ability to talk about it in such a way where it is a moment that you can actually discuss. And this is why it's so important to be able to talk about. It's so important to be able to say, it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to share the fact that when you survive such a thing, And you have the ability to talk about how important it is to say how you survived it. Share it. Share the resilience that comes from that. Because I have. I learned a long time ago how important it is to be able to say how difficult it was to survive that day because recently what has happened in florida is traumatic it is extremely traumatic for so many families who have lost their loved ones who are still searching for their loved ones who still hold hope that their loved ones are alive and for the people that have the strength and the dynamic energy, to be able to continue to search for people in the rubble, there's a certain strength and ability to be able to do that. And this is why it's so important to understand. Not everyone has the ability to have this type of capacity. And not everyone has. You've heard me talk about what kind of personality do people have? What kind of strength? Extrovert, introvert. When people go into a circumstance or a situation where they go into difficult events, this is an example of the type of personality where not everyone is built with that type of personality that would run into not running into this situation because it requires a great deal of skill to a methodology to be able to sift through each particular section of the area to be able to look for someone who may still be alive. And for the people that are holding hope, faith, And prayer and thought that their loved one may still be alive the as I mentioned before the resilience is essential and to those that have already received word that their loved one has been found and not alive the ability to survive the words that have been told to them is a different level of resilience to be able to live through that day through and day through and so I don't speak this experience lightly and I don't often even talk about it but it is important to know that people have survived before and people survive and have a responsibility to talk about the ability to survive is a responsibility to talk about that survivability. And so as I think about what post-traumatic stress disorder does to not only the mind, but to the body, it does exhaust the body, and a way that it does that is the mind repeats the experience often. Even when you learn how to partition and compartmentalize a lot of the experience that has taken place the mind still finds a way to bring that memory to the forefront there are a lot of therapies in place that help the mind rid itself of the traumatic experience but not everyone participates in those therapies and so there are different types of therapies that people participate in to be able to help them ease the mind sometimes it's comforting music sometimes it is Meditation, sometimes it is prayer, sometimes it is exercise. And so I think it's really important to understand what works for an individual. And so when the person that I met with the other day asked me if I had been in any therapy recently, uh, the question was not ignored, but I did answer it clearly and I explained. These are all the different types of therapies that I've been in, because I truly have been in different types of therapies for the various different types of traumas that I've had. And I decided today to share this particular example of one of the deeper traumas, because I've shared other traumas with you before, and I haven't called it out as post-traumatic stress disorder, but you can see now by my example of what constitutes one of the deepest post-traumatic stresses and how that amalgamates as an aggregate when you take one and then you add another and then you add another and then you add another and they aggregate, they add up to as a summation, as a sum of many traumas and then the brain exhausts itself and it only knows, at a certain point, it only knows trauma and then it acclimates to trauma because it becomes comfortable in the world of trauma. And this is exactly why people need to not actually become comfortable with the world of trauma, thinking that only trauma is what is good, this is why people need to be able to find that level of understanding that actually trauma does happen. Things happen that are not comforting, that are not healthy, that are not good. There are car crashes, there are, there are falls that break bones, there are different ailments that occur. and in order to heal the body in order to heal the mind in order to heal the soul there are different ways that one can adapt and then learn to become adept to becoming smarter to becoming better at healing and when one can do that in a healthy way then it isn't about what therapy was useful it is about Yes, there are methodologies, there are pedagogies that one can find. But it becomes, really, what is the best way to stay alive? And I say that not in a way to be crass. I say that because there are far too many people who find themselves caught up in the pain of the traumas and then just decide, well, there's just too much of this, and i just cannot handle all that trauma. And they don't see a way through the path of all of the rocky roads of the traumas. And when that happens, the lights begin to dim in the mind well. I say ignore that and find your personal light because you have to be able to exist in your personal best not because it sounds like some cliche people find cliches all the time there are books that can motivate people to stay adept at their personal heights, but really because every time you exercise your mind, and yes, I talked about people love to find ways to exercise their bodies, to exercise their soul, to exercise their senses. You can read all the different theories that you want that will help you become more positive. It's absolutely necessary. You've got to keep connecting synapses. To uh, The neurons need to really stay skilled in the brain. We only use 10% of our brain. We really need to be able to use more. There's so much potential in all of our minds that why wouldn't we? And so it isn't just about trying to motivate ourselves to be more skilled at different facets of who we can be. But really, there are too many people who are not reminded every day that they can be so much more. And that is exactly why there are so many programs out there trying to help people, trying to remind people, trying to bring people together in a positive outlet and after this break when we return for our last segment of today and as i summarize in this episode i'll give you some phone numbers that will be available or that continue to be available as resources for people so that you are reminded that there are folks waiting to listen if people need someone to talk to when we return after this break on the dewpoint report the digital electronic world point report with your host margarita And lastly, in today's episode focusing on the subject of post-traumatic stress disorder, also known as post-traumatic stress syndrome, I told you that I would share with you some resources where if you wanted to find out more about how to get in contact with people that you can speak to in more detail about resources and or about talking to therapists or finding groups that would uh, be able to help you find more solace or find assistance in being able to better understand what post-traumatic stress disorder is and or does to the mind, the body, and the soul. And those resources are the following, and there are many, by the way, but two of the main organizations that do help in large part are the National Alliance on Mental Illness, the website for this organization is nami.org forward slash home that's the best place to begin then from there you can really identify exactly which portion of the website best suits your needs and then the other location that you can go to is everyday health Dot com forward slash ptsd forward slash guide forward slash resources forward slash the reason that this one is very helpful is the person that posted this information has been very thorough in their fact checking Now, I know what you're thinking. Once you look this up, you're going to see that the last time she updated her information was in 2018, so it is very important to go through these websites and re-verify the information once again. 2018 seems like eons ago, considering what the world has gone through. However. You will note that what she went through painstakingly and identified are extremely legitimate organizations. And I'll say just a few of them. The first is the National Institute of Mental Health. And she goes through and identifies what their focus is. She also talks about the American Psychiatric Association. Also the Mayo Clinic. And additionally, the help that the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs provides on PTSD. And why I chose this particular website is she chooses to distinguish the difference and the similarity between the PTSD that is identified between soldiers that are members of the armed forces and people who also suffer from PTSD that are not necessarily members of the armed forces yet also have experienced traumatic events in their lives. And though there are similarities in the diagnosis, it actually does still have a distinction of difference, though it is similar. And so it is important to note that there are resources for for both, but yet also the same, as it is the same diagnosis, but it has its distinction and, and deserves uh, treatment for each individual's within their needs. And then the PTSD Foundation of America, PTSD United, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, And she also has linked really what the symptoms are, what can lead to PTSD, and the realistic repetition that occurs in the mind, which I spoke of in one of the previous segments of this particular episode, which is why I entitled that particular segment, The Unusual Similarity to Groundhog Day, because of the repetition that occurs where sometimes there is a reiteration of the event of the trauma over and over again and yet if there were several different traumas there is an aggregate amalgamation of the traumas themselves which overcomplicates the situation and for additional resources and in finding treatment she also added the American Academy of Experts in Trauma Stress and Traumatic Stress excuse me And this is why this particular website is so thorough, because it also includes the different types of needs and availabilities for best treatments and therapies for PTSD. And then also the availability of different clinical trials, so on and so forth. And as I mentioned, it's quite thorough. And as I conclude this particular episode, I just wanted to say thank you for listening. This has been a very intense episode as the subject matter of mental health does tend to get very intense. I promised you that I would walk you through what was a therapy session yet without walking you through the therapy session because no one really wants to be part of someone's internal conversation, which is really meant to be quite private. And because I did tell you that I would keep it as private as possible, I did keep it that way as much as possible. And I hope I have not made you feel too uncomfortable. I know sometimes some of you have given me feedback that I am a little bit too open with what my experiences have been, and that has made some of you walk away from my episodes, and others of you have returned to listen to really what some of the subjects have been, which are a plethora of different, different subject matters, because truly, Society and culture, culture and society within our experiences are a combination, really the kaleidoscope of what we confront in our everyday lives. And we sometimes tend to step back for a few minutes, a few days, a few hours, depending on what our mind wants to participate in, and then we return. And the reason we do that is because as we need to, we compartmentalize, and we store away what we need to, and then we open back up what we need to in order to experience what is necessary at the moment upon which where it is necessary. But nonetheless, you've heard me talk about the need to have important new experiences such that our mind will expand as needed, and I certainly hope that this particular episode has helped not only you out there listening, but in the now and in the tomorrow, that it has somehow opened your mind to a new experience that perhaps you did not have previously because it is so easy to judge somebody when they say, oh my gosh, I have this ailment, or I have this diagnosis, and then to say, oh my goodness, you're not the same person anymore now that I know you have this. Well, think again. They really are the same person, because they didn't change right before your eyes. They really were just as dynamic, just as significant to you in the very elemental way right the moment they told you as they were five minutes before they told you. And that is because as humans, we are no less people for sharing something deep within us than for not sharing it. In fact, when we risk by sharing something that's very important to us, to the people that matter to us, we actually risk the ability to allow others to better understand who we are And how others can better understand us. Think about that for a moment. And I do want to say a brief thank you to everyone who has ever listened to this podcast. For a brief moment in time, or for a lengthy moment in time, Many of you know that I ventured very briefly when I began this podcast. It was a commentary on society, it was a commentary on humanity, a commentary on our ability to be ever so verbosely brief, if that is ever possible yet with a hint of knowledgeability. And some of you reminded me how annoying my commentaries can be. Some of you reminded me how important and necessary it is to be enthusiastic about sharing what I have shared and I appreciate you I appreciate you for every single comment that you have ever provided and every single piece of feedback is essential whether I continue this podcast or not in the same way that I have I want to thank you regardless some of you are aware that I will be changing locations physically from the address upon which where I have been broadcasting. And though some of my broadcasts have been remote by nature of the fact that this duality is remote, but you do understand that in even just moving to a different location, there will be a change in the way that I broadcast. And because of that change, I don't know what the future will bring, even though this in essence is about the future because we talk about leaping into the future and talking about the past. It will be interesting. I'll keep my website updated as best I can, and I'll notify you how the Dewpoint Report continues to innovate. But I must say, it's been a swift adventure. I'm proud of everyone who believed in the ability of this small Digital Electronic World Point Report to undergo a most intriguing adventure that so many did not think was even possible, and so few thought was exciting. So, as we near this Fourth of July weekend. Some towns will be gathering again after not having gathered for a long time. And looking around having conversations about What the last year has truly done to entire cities in perspectives, in the ability to reestablish norms for an entire society. Other towns will rejoice in the ability to reconnect, in ways they had not, and other towns will continue in caution, because perhaps they continue testing, perhaps they continue vaccinating at levels of a magnitude, that continue to work towards goals that have not yet reached their 70 to 80% vaccination rate. And so either way, the 4th of July is going to be a rebirth. Of this nation, a birth, a celebration, an understanding that the page is turning towards a new horizon. As we are all transfixed towards the future. Yes, it has promised much for us, but will we meet that and deliver? Or will we somehow arrive at the new day? exactly where the dewfall meets the sunrise and look up at the crest of the moon as it leaves for the day either way this weekend will be a page-turner. It certainly will. And so to that, to that moment, everyone awaits as it certainly will be a new day thank you for listening on the Two Point report with your host margarita